you know, when I got here, you know, my first month was, 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 boy, that was a, a, a trial by fire. It, it was, uh, you know, I was in court uh, with a dispute with one of the tenants. Uh, I was in uh, 13th floor of the CIBC tower, justifying our line of credit. Uh, I was uh, dealing with a whole bunch of, and, and, um, and we crawled our way out, right? And all the while, the same product kept leaving and the, and, the, and the quality was there. So that really saved. So I, I mean, I really, um, that I really hand off a lot of the turnaround and the success and the continued existence of this company to our staff. Because really, uh, through the aging management, through the struggles and, the, and this sort of thing, they kept the show going. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Um, I'm just so excited to be bringing you Will Scully. So Will worked with us, you know, 15 to 20 years ago in the Student Works Management Program and was very successful. And he went on to some entrepreneurial success and then got drawn back into his family business that literally has been around 140 years ago. And it serves the military of, of the country and all the regiments of the country. And we dig in a little bit of into some military history, which I found fascinating. I know you will. Some really great stories. And he talks about how absolutely critical empathy is um, in a business and, and making sure that all the amazing technology that we've seen and that will just continue to progress faster and faster, that we put people first and we put relationships first because that is actually what is going to make our businesses the most successful. Actually, as well, we didn't talk about this, but our family's most successful. I know Will's got a, a young family of uh, you know with three kids um, and his partner, and uh, um, you know they're doing marvelously as well. So um, I know you're going to love our podcast today. Again, if you know any amazing leaders, please reach out to me and uh, and and share the share our program and all the things that we're up to. Thanks so much. Have a fantastic day. So, Will, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a long time. I'm super excited to, to see you today and hang out with you for our, uh, on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My pleasure, Chris. All right. All right. So, uh, so we, we, we actually were chatting before we turned on our cameras and got started and we'll, we'll go back, but, but Will was describing what he's doing right now, which is really super unique and super different. But why don't we go back, Will, to tell me what you were like before our program, before we met, the, met you at the University of Western Ontario, and what you were doing. Well, I was, I was going to school. I was actually going to Queens, but I lived in London, oh, I forgot Ontario. Queens. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And up until that point, I had put a lot of effort into uh, getting into university. And I'd gotten through my first uh, semester or two and wound up uh, meeting a recruiter from Student Works. I think it was either Chad or Jason Shuttleworth. Uh, but um, yeah, and, and they basically um, took me through the program. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but that, that particular time, it was, uh, I think we were going through some kind of a recession or something. Right. There weren't too many jobs available and uh, not even bad jobs were available. So to have somebody come forward with a, growth experience, you know, my ears perked up. Uh, they had my attention and I didn't know much about it, but mm -hmm. uh, I, I came to learn and I knew it was serious business when I went to the first uh, training session and, and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, so I, I guess the, who I was before the program is probably a, quite a different person uh, in a lot of ways than the person who left uh, the program. I think there were definitely seeds of who I am now uh, right. prior to the program, but uh, I felt a little bit like I was on the sidelines asking the coach, you know, put me in, you know, come on, okay. put me in, right? I didn't even know what I was being put into, but I wanted to be put in. Uh, put so in. 
that was, uh, you know, I was asking around, uh, you know, through my circles and, and, uh, you know, where can I be, you know, put in to contribute and actually do. Right. And, uh, then I bumped into, uh, you guys and, and, uh, I guess, uh, we, we went from there and I was, I was put in that summer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you were, and you performed. Um, so what were your biggest frustrations as a teenager, if you can recall, before you got started in business? I'll talk to you about my second biggest frustration, if that's okay. That's okay. All right. <laughs> my second biggest frustration when I was a teenager right. uh, was, um, again, along the same lines, you know, uh, I wanted to steer the ship and I didn't know what form that would take. I don't know if you've gone sailing, but yes, a lot of, a lot of times when, when you're sailing, right. you have this sort of, uh, desire to, I want to hold the rudder. Right. And everybody else had been holding the rudder for me up until that point. Yes. And I wanted to get my hands on that rudder. I didn't know where I was going, but I was just keen to hold on that rudder. And, uh, so, um, yeah. So I, I guess, uh, threw myself in and, uh, gave it a shot and, uh, you know, it, it, it worked out. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And so, you know, what do you still rely on from the program? You know, I've been working nonstop since uh, student works, and it's always been. I've, I had one experience in a corporate environment that was uh, that was a, a year at PSI Net after okay. university. Okay. But aside from that, it's all been uh, small business, medium sized business, and uh, I haven't really shopped a CV or a you know this sort of thing in. Uh, probably about 30 years. So right. I, it's really all been uh, local, direct, you know, uh, small business. And um, and the skill sets I got from Student Works, tremendously uh, applicable in that environment. In fact, I could go so far as to say more applicable than my degree in English, you know, <laughs> my degree in economics, although the yeah. degree in economics does help. It's on such a macro scale. It doesn't have the life skills that have you walk through the door. Right. Or, exactly. Uh, direct market or sell. Uh, so um, I would say that uh, I, you know, I had a triple major, English economics and, and student works, really. I mean, <laughs> that, the, the skill sets that I pick is it's, it's like a Swiss army knife. Okay. Right. Just come in handy all the time. Um, you don't really know, you know, it's, and then it becomes synonymous with, with, with how you operate, you know? So there's, uh, some functions of time management, some functions of, uh, marketing, some functions of, uh, sales, uh, customer expectations, yeah. uh, how to pack in as much as you can in a day, yeah. uh, how to work a 14 hour day, you know, things like, things like that. Um, I was glad I learned those lessons at uh, 20, 19, 20, yeah. as opposed to 35. Yes. You know? And um, I, one, one thing I really got a kick out of, actually, when I uh, joined up with Student Works was that uh, I uh, had never been, look, I, I did 13 years of boys' school, okay? I did a lot of, you know, uh, groups and groups of fraternity type things, okay? Right. But what was really neat about uh, Student Works was that here was a group of guys who were really enthusiastic and having a good time and lots of laughs. And and what the Kool-Aid was, was was the motivational speakers and the business business uh, speakers, the Zig right. Ziglar's and the Stephen Covey's and this sort of thing. It was a whole new world to me. No right. idea about any of this stuff because nobody had really pointed it out. And uh, I just I just remember... Uh, these these little mantras, which actually add up to real great life lessons. Yes. And um, yeah, I, I just remember being suddenly in a group of people who are ahead of me in years, and 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 being surrounded by mentor type uh, figures that um, were speaking and believing these things as as uh, great truths, and they proved to be great truths. And I was glad to fall back on them. You know, during some of the challenging times of those various summers and that sort of thing. Right. So I, I really got a kick out of that. And I and I really uh, I still have friends to this day. Uh, yeah. From that. group. 
Yeah, no, it, it, it really is. It really is interesting because I found the same thing when I joined is, is I got connected to all this, you know, again, this self-development world, this way of thinking. Now it's Gary Vee and others who lead the way for our, for our operators. But, you know, those same themes, those same ideas are, are present and just thinking that way is such an enormous advantage. You know, it's like, you know, just what you said, hey, learning how to work a 14 hour day. Right. No, 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 no apologies for it. You know, I know you don't work that way all the time, but you can. Right. And being able to work that hard, I'm sure, has had a lasting impact on your career success, just like it's had on mine Um, that I can work really, really hard. I don't complain about it. I don't whine about it. I just go do the work, get the great result I'm looking for and then move on. So (laughs) I found that a lot of my training up until that point had been sort of. you know, on such a, such a level that a lot of it wasn't applicable. Right. Okay. Like, so for example, in my uh, business life, I've never had to calculate the top of a bell distribution curve. Yes, that's right. You know, uh, my calculus hasn't come in uh, terribly handy. In fact, I don't think I've used it once. Yes. Uh, You know, blowing a fuse halfway through reading uh, Pride and Prejudice in my, you know, fourth year, uh, it hasn't served me, you know? But uh, the lessons I learned through student works, that's that's like rubber on the pavement. That was like directly applicable. And um, and I rely on it daily. And uh, yeah, it was uh, very positive. And so so Will, tell me about your career progress. Yeah. OK, so um, as you you know, I did uh, I did three years at student works. I yeah. managed the uh, North London area for two years, and then I worked with Jason Shuttleworth in Boston for a year. Right. Yeah, and uh, uh, faced a whole different set of challenges down there because um, it's a different market. And, uh, yeah. and we did a lot of recruiting and went to all the universities on the Eastern Seaboard, uh, went as far north as Maine and as far south as. Uh, Rhode Island, Connecticut, or, you know, yeah, and it, yeah. so, and that, that uh, uh, brought a lot of new, uh, I was managing managers at that time and, and uh, doing a lot of recruiting and doing a lot of miles. Right. And it was fantastic. So after uh, student works, I've finished my degree and went uh, on to a company called PSINet, which I believe was absorbed by TELUS. But I worked at Young and Shepherd for a year in a corporate environment, and uh, I realized pretty early because I knew there was another side right. that wasn't that wasn't for me. Right. So uh, from uh, PSI Net, I uh, joined and worked with a friend on a internet startup. Okay, and uh, that uh, proved to be very interesting. I learned a lot. I think in retrospect. Uh, the company was doing things that the network wasn't ready for. Okay. Uh, it was uh, maybe uh, 15 years ahead of what the infrastructure could support, but uh, a lot of it um, had to do with distributed applications, um, operating system, online operating systems and, and uh, group meetings. Right. Uh, however, this was at the dawn of the ADSL uh, right. line and the bandwidth wasn't there. Right. Um, from there, after two years in Toronto, uh, I'm pretty much the only person I know that moved east. Right. <laughs> um, I, I, I was moved east, um, not so much with an opportunity, but with uh, a situation. Right. Um, this company uh, here uh, was run by my grandfather, and he worked until he was 91. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, the company had a lot of uh, aging management issues and so on. Mm-hmm. Being a family business, um, the entire family was implicated in the success or failure of this business. And it was uh, a do or die sort of situation. So I packed my car and I I drove back to Montreal and that was in 2001. Right. And in 2001, I uh, started operating uh, William Scully limited. Right. And um, you know, on the one hand, tremendous opportunity. Um, I think, uh, and, and uh, boy, I love Montreal. Yes. Montreal is fantastic. And uh, I I count my lucky stars that the family business was, uh, you know, in Montreal, not Buffalo or something like that. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's uh, it's uh, uh, but it was very much a turnaround situation. Yeah. And uh, 
uh, which is a tremendous uh, reward uh, yes. to, to be able to turn something around. Um, I think in fairness, uh, yes, it was an opportunity, but at the same time, working uh, for an established uh, business such as this uh, comes with a whole other psychological baggage. You know, yes. there's a lot to drop. Yes. Uh, that said, the other thing with a turnaround situation, unlike a new startup, is that you can actually be working in a situation where you're less than zero. Right. You're not starting from a clean slate. You're 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 starting with uh, the previous uh, you know debts and liabilities of uh, the operation. Right. And you take that on, and uh, so it, it was definitely it 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 really could have gone badly. Yes. And uh, looking back, it's gone uh, very well. Yeah. Um, one thing about this company is that uh, throughout all the hard times and every company that, that does work for the military and, uh, you know, knows that uh, the 80s were a very difficult time. Funding wasn't there. Purchases weren't being made. So there was a lot of struggles that, you know, but that sounds like, a you know, that was uh, eons ago, right? Right. So. And, and then uh, went through a period where we had aging management, no computers, everything was manual ledger, da 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 da, da. Oh, wow. and uh, you know, no website, no anything really. So all right. the systems had to be updated, and right. everything had to be brought into the 21st uh, century. Uh, during, I guess historically, if you go back far enough, this company really played a tremendous role in, in defining the symbol structure of Canada and Canadian forces, right? Right. Um, at the time, the government wasn't as organized and, and didn't have the, its systems in place. And so a lot of the records and a lot of the, the artwork and the tradespeople and, and the specifications came from the company towards the government. Now that's reversed, okay? Right. Now we yes. have a hyper-intelligent <laughs> uh, 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 customer Yes. Uh, tremendous records and tremendous yes. resources and tremendous staff. But if you went back to the 1900s, uh, uh, early 1900s, that would, that was not the case. So, right. so it really, the government and the defense and militia really relied on the private sector to provide the expertise, to provide the records and the artwork and the, you know, and that, and that was, uh, that was this company. So, right. Moving back to Montreal to have a 140-year-old company uh, that had my name on it, yeah, five-generation family firm uh, that uh, really is a Canadian institution uh, was uh, you know it had to be it had to be saved. So that no was my vision. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding, Will. And and so so let's let's stay here for a while because this is fascinating. So so um, you know where did you go to for were there were there mentors? Were there guides? Were there people who could help you figure figure this out? You know, and and uh, you know, you, you know, figure out what needed to be next, or or was it your call? How how was that going? Uh, okay, so as far as support along the way goes, support along the way, especially early on, you know, or, you know, yeah. or mid twenties, late twenties, taking over this yeah. uh, over this business. Okay, so I was twenty five, um, right. and uh, I left Toronto. And when I left Toronto, I pretty much left my entire network. I had a pretty good network in, in Toronto. Toronto. I had a, yeah. lot, a good group of friends from high school and uh, student works and, yeah. and so on. And uh, I came to Montreal. Even my friends that I knew when I grew up in Montreal have moved to Toronto. So there yeah. was basically nobody. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So that, that, so, so that was very much, um, the, the slate was wiped clean as far as network goes. Right. Um, add to that, the, uh, the, the, our factory is in the first organized industrial neighborhood in Canada. It's called Hochelaga Maisonneuve. It's in the east end of Montreal. Okay. Okay. So there's, you know, I mean, the, 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 it operates in French. Okay. The neighborhood right. operates in French and the company operates in French. So there was a language uh, yes. issue as well. As far as, um, so I didn't have tremendous... Uh, assistance in what was here. Okay. Right. I got a chartered accountant to join our team early and that made a tremendous difference. Right. Um, I, prior to that, really worked on a, on sort of a time management basis. 
Mm-hmm. And the organization level that a chartered accountant brings is, is organizing yourself around a financial basis. So right. that really made a tremendous difference here. Um, also some gray hair, uh, never hurt nobody. For and, sure. uh, you know, uh, he had a lot of business experience and was able to uh, act as a coach. And right. so he coached me and still and, and, and we work together still. Fantastic. And that was, uh, that was 18 years ago. Uh, that, awesome. that relationship started. And um, yeah, so I, I found that, uh, you know, when I got here, you know, my first month was, 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 boy, that was a, a, a trial by fire. It, it was, uh, you know, I was in court uh, with a dispute with one of the tenants. Uh, I was in uh, 13th floor of the CIBC tower, justifying our line of credit. Uh, I was uh, dealing with a whole bunch of, and, and, um, and we crawled our way out. Right. right? But yeah. All the while, the same product kept leaving and the, and, the, and the quality was there. So that really saved. So I, I mean, I really, um, that I really hand off a lot of the turnaround and the success and the continued existence of this company to our staff. Because right. really, uh, through the aging management, through the struggles and, the, and this sort of thing, they kept the show going, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, and, and by the sounds of it as well, one thing that you can count on from William Scully is the product's going to be there. The product's going to be delivered, you know, and, and that, that there was just a, a commitment to that, you know, a hundred percent quality that, that the, the, the forces need, you know, and that just to keep, to keep, to keep everything alive and, and, and the traditions alive. Yeah, the way the way I look at it is that the company um, got the hard things right, yes, and the easy things had to be fixed, yeah. right? Totally, so totally. When, yeah. it came, when it came to the accounting, the finance, and the the management systems, that's in a lot of ways the easy stuff, you know. Yeah, none of that has an existence without having yes. production. Yes, and so yeah. the fact that the production and the and the floor was able to continue. Yes. Um, and and continue with what it is we do you know yes. that's a, and often one of those questions that a lot of the, a lot of uh, the business uh, uh, talkers the business speakers talk about is what is it that you do right right so when you're in a factory environment what it is that you do don't confuse just the management with what you do yes i do the management okay right. but what we do in this box is we produce you know regimental insignia Yes. And uniform headwear. That's what yeah. we do. So, yes. Um, and that was able to continue throughout all these uh, uh, difficult times. Yeah. No. And one of the lessons as well is when you have revenue, you can solve those other problems. That's yeah. the other piece for our young leaders. It's like revenue was still happening. Okay. We have a problem. Our structures, our systems, our processes are not in place for our young leaders. When you're not doing your yellow sheets and keeping track of your profit, that's what was happening to William Scully back in the day. And, and, and so it's like, how do we manage that? How do we bring that in? How do we bring finer, more financial controls so that we're running at a profit and building our resources? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. And so, um, you know, one of the things I, I'd love for you to do is, is just, we were talking before and just share a little bit more about, about 
you know, where the military really exists for Canada and, and, and how our system is different than in the United States. I know our listeners, um, who many unfortunately don't have that much of a connection. I know I didn't other than just having a, an enormous amount of respect for people who keep us safe. But, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, I'd love, I'd love, I'd love if you could share that with us. Well, well, okay. uh, well, uh, Canada has a regimental system. Mm-hmm. So the Canadian forces is comprised of regiments across uh, Canada Right. that uh, operate in local neighborhoods. They mm-hmm. operate in you know, uh, cities, towns uh, across Canada. Um, they recruit from those uh, towns and they have um, a culture unto themselves, the, the particular regiment. So right. they have their own symbols, they have their own uh, cap badges, their own accoutrements uh, largely, and they have uh, uh, their own traditions, and mm-hmm. so uh, what that does, it takes uh, it's a it's a it makes a lot of sense to have a system like that in Canada because we're so spread out. Right. However, things are more impactful when they're local, and uh, the regimental system allows something that is this, this large juggernaut to become personal in the various neighborhoods across Canada. Right. So um, yeah. So I mean. Uh, Canadian forces used to be called Department of National of uh, Defense and Militia. Right. Well, it's a bunch of militia units across the country that combine in a common cause, which is today's Canadian forces. So, um, and what this company does is that it it works with the various regiments, but we also do police and we also do fire. We do a lot of work for the RCMP and so on. But the okay. RCMP used to be a regiment too, right? So, <laughs> right. So, and the point the point being uh, that. Uh, we work in that area, which is helping uh, the various regiments with their unique pieces. Okay, so uh, their custom cap badges, their custom sashes, the regimental colors that go on parade. We manufacture those. Right. The various regimental quiffs that the different regiments across the country have. We make and supply those to the larger distribution system of the Canadian forces, and yeah, right, right. And and I know as well, like it's it's one of those things. And you had a really great take on this, or a great great share about about you know one of the things that certainly um, I wouldn't have seen you as a as as running this business back in the day. Now I didn't know that this was your family business. So, but but you yeah. know you're very. Um, you know, not military that, you know, so, so you, but, but, I, but, you know, if you could share just your perspective around that and how that, you know, uh, that would be great. Well, um, yeah, it's interesting to, I, I don't put a lot of thought in, into this and it's interesting to have a, a third party uh, observe. <laughs> and, and, uh, but um, I guess the thing is, is that um, I, uh, Actually, the money I, I made from Student Works in my first summer, I, I bought a Volkswagen van, you know, and uh, and uh, yes, my, you know, I, my hair's a bit longer and so on. But, you know, I go to National Defense Headquarters. Yeah. And I talk to the people there and none of that really matters anymore, I don't think. Right. Uh, um, the other thing is that, uh, you know, I'm allowed to uh, operate the way I operate, as is anybody. Uh, because we operate in a in a safe environment, yeah. and we have a safe environment because we have a military, and I think that uh, uh, people who are considered, uh, you know, on the, on the hippie side of the spectrum, you know, right. they're able to operate as we all are and uh, enjoy the freedoms uh, because we have a, a safe zone, and we have a safe zone because we have a military, yeah. and that, and so there's really no conflict. Uh, uh, between the two. In fact, I was at National Defense Headquarters presenting colors for a regiment, and I wound up talking to a sergeant, and he said, yeah, you know, when I was your age, my hair was longer than yours, you know? Yes, absolutely. And, oh, yeah, you know, I used to live in Montreal, and and boy, you know, you know so... We had fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I throughout my experience, my, my 20 years dealing uh, with uh, the Canadian forces, uh, I've been repeatedly impressed with the caliber of people that are involved. Our education level, their organization, uh, the, um, the level at which they operate collectively makes for perhaps the most professional armed forces in the world. 
not the biggest, you know, they're not the best supplied and they're not the big toys and all that. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is the caliber of the people in the organization. And uh, I've been repeatedly impressed with, uh, we're talking, I mean, you you know, guys with masters, guys with, uh, you know, education to beat the band. Yeah. Just, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I've been very impressed and I, and I didn't have a tremendous amount of exposure to it prior to working here. For sure. Uh, not much more. Well, I mean, I, I had an exposure to the trades, uh, because right. I, I was, uh, it, it, you know, I learned a lot through osmosis cause I was around it from an early age and my grandfather uh, showed me a lot of these things. Right. Uh, but I didn't have too much interaction with the people. Right. That, that make up the Canadian forces. And, and um, I've been very, it just, wow, what a great group of guys. Yeah. No. And well, we've had the opportunity. uh, I've had the opportunity to work with a number of them, uh, you know, you know, come through the business at lower levels and, and hear, heard them speak. And, and, but I wanted you to share just, just for our young leaders, sometimes again, they, they don't, they don't get to come up close to what we have in Canada. They don't get to sort of really understand, here's just some of the things that make Canada amazing, you know, is is that we have a military that we can all be really proud of, that that do things that are all in alignment with, again, protecting, keeping our country safe, keeping our values safe. Um, And, uh, you know, it's really, I just thought that was a really great thing to share. It's not something that is normally on, on the leaders of tomorrow podcast is, is that, that sort of uh, a space. Yeah. Which is great, by the way, that's a blessing, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's something I'm, it's something I'm exposed to. I'm, I'm, my proximity to it is closer than, than some, but I'm not a part of it. Right. Uh, My, I, you know, like I said, this company operates sort of, uh, in the background, you know, we manufacture things that are worn and they're worn on parade and, and some of them are used at, at funerals and some of them are trooped in front of people. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, we're just outside and we're kind of looking in as well. Right. Okay? I don't have any military experience. I just have business experience with people who are in the military. So, Absolutely. you know, um, uh, I, I guess... Um, to, to tie it back to the regimental system, I really do believe that the fact that the country's armed forces, and it's not every country that has this, okay, um, the fact that they are, follow a regimental system and each regiment operates locally really ties uh, the military to the interests of the population. Yeah. And, yeah. and because it does that, we have a... A military we can all agree with. I mean, this isn't uh, Venezuela or Peru. I mean, no. this is not, uh, you know, but the the larger the distance where the regiments are, you know, disbanded or put on a base and the base is surrounded by a fence in the middle of the desert or something like that. Now you've lost that connection to the community. So the connection to the community is, is, uh, is, is really, uh, I think actually the crux of why we have such a, a good rapport with, uh, yeah. Healthy the civilian population in the military. Yeah, that is so. No, that's 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 great. I, 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 I thank you for sharing that. And so, so um, you know, thinking back, um, like just over the over the years, uh, will you know, we talk about we talk about success on this podcast a lot, and and you know, you you know, frankly, you're here because this has been a real win, you know, and congratulations on the on the turnaround and the success that you've had. But we also love to talk about failures and mistakes and challenges because. Um, you know, it, it gets our leaders to understand that that's actually what's going to go on. And the reason people are in the positions they're in is because they've been good problem solvers and they've worked yeah. around the stakes and challenges. So what yeah. sort of mistakes and challenges, you know, you might be willing to share with us today that you've overcome with your, you know, your yeah. team, et cetera. Okay. Uh, well, um, I don't have a specific one that comes to mind that was catastrophic. Okay. I've really always had a, an approach where, you know, you need to identify and know your own weaknesses and then bring in the support to fill those gaps. Yes. Uh, that's been my approach to avoid uh, catastrophic mistakes. Uh, I'd say that uh, early on in my business experience, um, I operated largely on a time management 
basis, trying to pack in as much in a, in a given amount of time as possible. And uh, when you're young, you can do things like live paycheck to paycheck, and, and it's really not that big of a deal. For but sure. with age and, and in, a, in a corporate or a, or a business environment, um, what winds up happening is that the finance side of, of the equation comes up higher. So I definitely had some adjustments that I had to make where I was uh, largely prior, I was focused on uh, how do I get the most out of my particular day? And yeah. then I had to transition that to, okay, in a, in, a, in a business environment, how do I meet next week's payroll? And it's yes. a very different set of questions, right? So, you know, I think um, early on, um, I probably uh, made some mistakes in that transition right. and uh, had to raise my game as far as organization. Uh, and I had to raise my game as far as uh, the importance of uh, finance. And, and that goes back to largely what I spoke about uh, earlier about uh, the importance of a chartered accountant. And, right. and, and actually, um, uh, just uh, guys who've been there. That's actually a huge uh, aspect of, of your success in, in Student Works is that, is that man, when, you, when you're in first year university, you know nothing. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually comical. It's actually comical. I mean, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, uh, you know, on your graduation day, you're dressed in some like Victorian gown or something along those lines. You know nothing. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so to actually ha have an opportunity where you are uh, with uh, mentors and people who are, who've been through a few more things than you, boy, I mean, pairing up with, with, uh, in that sort of arrangement, you're going to learn so much. And, and, and that there aren't too many opportunities like that. You know, you're not going to get that working at Harvey's, you know, uh, yeah. or something like that in your first year, but in a, a mentorship program, management program, uh, you have exposure, you learn through osmosis, you learn by doing, right. uh, you're given these crazy hills to climb and you take it on because you have to. And when you're at the top, you're like, ah, now I see, but, but really, Early on, you know very little. Yeah, no, and and like you said, the role of role of mentorship, right? And and just just like uh, you know the district managers, and you mentioned two of our amazing past district managers, Chad Grenier and Jason Shuttleworth, just amazing, amazing people. And and we we always have just amazing leaders in our business who have been mentored by others who get who get to mentor new people coming in, and it's it's just such a such a critical success factor. So. Um, so if I, if I could interject for a second please. that I thought uh, it might be, uh, I got a question for you, Chris. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what is it that draws that caliber of person uh, to your uh, organization? Because from the outset, I was really, I, you know, it's uh, good people know good people. And, right. And I think, I think there's something about the, 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 the position of student works that um, somehow uh, draws uh, the best candidates. Yeah. There's, and, there's, yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a hidden hack. Okay. You know, talk, talking about today's terms, not how I would have described it 20 years ago. Cause, uh, but, but the hack is there's nobody who is going to hire, you know, first, second, third year university students to do what we do. So, so, and then if you think about it, a year out, two years out, three years out, look at the top students, not, not just an average student, but the, the top 5%, how well they do in the real world. Like literally they're out and they're crushing it, especially if they do a program like ours. So really what happens is university actually constrains amazing talent. Okay. Like, like a Chad Grenier, a Jason Shuttler, a Will Skelly, a Chris Thompson was, would have been constrained. Uh, by university and the job opportunities they had. And then all of a sudden, student works comes along. This is what you can do. We're going to put you in a model and a system and a program with a great brand and great coaches and mentors. And then they just crush it. And then the cool thing is, is that um, our overwhelmingly, and not always, um, but a high degree of our top performers have wanted to stay and give back and they also see that by giving back as a district manager, they're going to learn at a higher level. So that's why we've been able to maintain them. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we've been better and better now at, at showing the history of our alumni 
uh, who have district managed and sort of come behind the curtains and here's what we're doing. And yeah. not that, by the way, one of the things we're always sharing what we're doing, but even closer, we just had a five day retreat in Mount Tremblant, uh, you know, with our, with our district managers and role playing questions and role playing situations. And, and so I think that's really what it is, is, is if a student really honestly looks, there are no opportunities like ours in Canada. Like like yeah. ours, we're literally just such a unique opportunity, um, and uh, and I think that's what it is. Yeah, I, I I think that's interesting because you know there's definitely a, what you're presenting is a as a challenge, mm-hmm. and and uh, there's maybe a, a a subsection of the university population that says, "Hey, man, I'm up for that." Yes. You know, bring, bring it. And, yeah. and, and somewhere in there is a triage uh, process because I've always been impressed with, with, I mean, I've met some tremendous uh, people. Yeah. Uh, who works. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, no, and, you, and you're right. It's, and it's, and it, a lot of it's self-selection, you know, so, so we're trying to get people to go and look at what they actually need to do. And we're trying through the process of doing the podcast and all the testimonials that we put. So yeah. people go, I get it. This works. Now, do I want to work it? Do I want to, like, like you were saying, you know, when you first started, have a sense of entrepreneurship, you know, I remember you had good, good personal skills and good, you know, um, but, but it's like, do I want to step up? And, and, and the answer for you was absolutely. And you worked really, yeah. really hard. And that's why, that's why, you know, we had the success because those combinations. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so what do you, if someone was considering jumping out into the entrepreneurial world, uh, Will, what would what would you um, what advice would you give them? Um, well, I, I, initially, are we talking uh, at Student Works? No, 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 no. T- talking beyond Student Works, like just for any leaders who are listening to our to yeah. our podcast here. Okay. Well, um, well, I, I guess first of all. Uh, uh, you're designed to carry a load, mm-hmm. so carry a load. It's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of work. Right. Um, identify uh, your strengths and weaknesses and put in the plugs that are needed to yeah. compensate for your weaknesses. I think that there's a management plan that Canadian Revenue Agency does where they provide uh, so much requirements for so much reporting that you really do need assistance in 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 uh, keeping up with the bureaucratic side uh, it's great to, to, to say we're going to make widgets or we're going to do this or it's you know service and sales but the reality is is that there is a, a level of reporting that is required for a business large uh, you know uh, beyond a certain size or any business for that right. matter and you have to keep on top of that and if you don't trouble comes real quick I think the system is actually designed to uh, chronically keep businesses almost in an offside position so right. that uh, they can always uh, let the hammer fall. Uh, the threat of an audit is uh, more powerful than an audit. Yes. So, um, so keeping up on the bureaucratic and the, and the, uh, and the filings is, is, is critical because that's a snowball that eats up a lot of businesses. They just, it's just not ever, it's important, but it's not urgent. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's one that uh, I think is uh, under addressed in the education system. Nobody teaches uh, budgets or filings or interest rates or or filing taxes, Uh, but they'll teach you, uh, you know, calculus. (laughs) You know, um, so keeping up on the on the finance side of things a little bit every day or a little bit every week. And. and and I think um, working on your your sleep at night factor, which mm-hmm. is uh, playing by the rules, uh, right. you got to play by the rules because you know what, there's so many checks and balances that uh, you're going to get caught. So yes. uh, you got you got to play by the rules. You got to keep on top of it, and um, and uh, you know bring in assistance where where it's needed. Be be honest with yourself and uh, be ready to uh, uh, to work hard and and and. Uh, you know, and the rewards really should follow. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, well, I love, I love, that's so, so critical. You know, what you're sharing about, um, you know, first of all, having, having the resources, because if you're not trained, 
And um, then, you know, and you're doing the value creation, then who's looking after the value chain? So it's like, okay, I need, I need an accountant. I need my min team. They're critical to the success of the business. Again, if they don't do their roles, the business will fail, you know, because, yeah. because like you said, it's, it's like the government, you know, I, I've had a friend, you know, in an audit situation, you know, where the auditor just said, Martin, here's the deal. Your job is to give us our tax money before any customers are served, before anything happens. That's your job. Like, yeah, or we're well, going to say, or we're going to send you to jail. Like that's, that's, you know, so it's like, it's like, yeah. you know, you don't want to be an audit. You, 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 you want to manage it. You, you got to be all, all on top of that. And that's just what's true. Yeah. And, and here's a, a, a nice way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. It's not your money. Right. It's, yes. It's not your money. And so yeah. just because it goes through your account doesn't make it your money. Yeah. So. Um, you know, when you're collecting GST or PST or HST yeah. uh, on, on behalf of the government, you're actually holding somebody else's money. So, um, yeah, it's important that that gets passed along. Yeah. Um, and uh, there are checks and balances. And with all the mergers of all the databases that are being merged, there's really you, you pass it along. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and don't don't uh, begrudge it. Yes, uh, because it's not yours in the first place. So, yeah. uh, you know, you, you, you know, and, and this is all um, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, if you're playing a long term game, you got to play by the rules. If yeah. you're not, I mean, the, the, the number of businesses that fail within two to five years is unbelievable. So yeah. if you're yeah. playing a long term game. You need to uh, know the rules and play by them. And if you don't, uh, if you can't handle all that by yourself then go work in the corporate world. Uh, and if uh, you can't handle that by yourself, you need to bring in uh, some expertise, you know, that's yeah. And for the leaders in our program, we have all that covered for people. So we just cover that just because, yeah. again, there are so, so many things that people are blind to. And there's no question at times we do our best to share people, share with people that this is something that is getting done behind the scenes. And we have the min manuals for people to see it. But I think it's it's regularly when we have our, our past operators go start their own businesses, they'll yeah. say, I know you told me, but I had no idea. Oh my God, it's bigger than yeah. I saw, right? Which makes sense. Yeah, the percent the percentage of the headspace that that occupies is is un is not properly recognized. Yes. It's not yeah. it's not properly it, it's not taught in schools. No, <laughs> no for it's sure. not taught in schools. So um so I I think uh um you know, getting informed and keeping on top of these things. Uh, if you're, if you're keen on playing a long-term game, uh, it's, it's one of the keys to success. Absolutely. So talking about keys to success or key yeah. habits, Will, what key habits uh, did, did, did you take on or what key habits did you need to gain, you know, post, you know, post university for you to have the success that you've had? I'd love to have something uh, sexy and exciting uh, <laughs> to share uh, with you about. Uh, I, I love to run uh, four miles every morning or, or something like that. I don't. Uh, so uh, I think uh, waking up early every morning. Okay. That's it. That's okay. that's probably probably it. I mean, I I think I probably do more than most people before ten o'clock. Okay. You know? Yeah, uh, you know, so um, I've been waking up uh, very early every morning for the last uh, 20 plus years. So yeah. I think that was uh, uh, it helps uh, max out your day. And, and actually, uh, I think enjoying your own company is, mm -hmm. is pretty key as well. Right. A lot of the entrepreneurial spirit has to do with networking and communicating and and presenting and mentoring and coaching. but there's a tremendous amount of your time in business where you're completely by yourself. So you have to enjoy your uh, time and, and mornings are um, that's, that's um, a special time because you are doubly alone. Because right. Nobody else is there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I find that to be a very productive time to kind of lay out how the rest of the day is going to go. Uh, flexibility is, is key. Um, uh, pretty much every day I, come to work, I have an idea how it's going to go. Very seldom does it actually follow. And that's sure. usually something that, that uh, transpires that requires uh, an adjustment. So right. uh, that is uh, uh, flexibility, being able to uh, react, but not being reactive 
in your thinking, right? Proactive in your in your thinking, trying to prevent things ahead of time. Yeah. Um, I think being fair, establishing good relationships. What I found very valuable from my time with Student Works was uh, a lot of the coaching that had you walk through any door, you know, meet a variety of customers that had different motivations and different temperaments and different requirements and not presupposing or, you know, what their objections were going to be uh, or what their requirements were going to be, but listening and interpreting and then applying, developing a, you know, a solution for them. that was that's been very valuable uh, to me because mm-hmm. you continue to walk through doors. Yeah, you know it's a different requirement now than it than it used to be. But um, the skill set to be able to, you know, present yourself and uh, is uh, you know that was well practiced by the by the the time I got out of uh, student works, um, and I use that that skill set every day. Yeah. Um, and I love I love to hear just to go back. I loved all what you said, but just for our listeners, one of the in our leaders is is you know when you start your week with a really great plan, and then you start your day every day with a really great plan, and you start early, it it is not as reactive, right? Because because you know Will's been there, I'm there, I'm up, I'm moving on things, and then all of a sudden things start to come in. But I've already got I'm already up and running, you know. And then oh, okay, what should we do here? Rather than you know, um, you know, I know some of our um, um, team members are getting up a little bit late, you know, and then, oh, wow, they're, 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 they're up late. And then, oh, call, clients are calling or, oh, the staff didn't have everything they needed. And, and then all of a sudden they're, 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 they're running to try to catch up. That, that's, that's the experience of their day. And yeah. I think a lot of successful people do what you and I do, get up early, get yeah. a start, you know, and you just, there's a rhythm to it that really yeah. feels powerful. There's a rhythm to it, and it actually, it's, it sounds crazy, but it's actually fun. Yes, yeah, for right? sure. And, and I mean, there's a lot of tedium that's, that's in the business uh, world, right? You've got to make a game of things. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got you to have fun uh, doing it. Once you yeah. make a game of things, it actually is a, a, a lot uh, easier. Yes, for sure. And for sure. Uh, I, I believe uh, uh, Stanford did a study where they took uh, hotel workers that changed the rooms and so on. Right. And they backloaded a workout regime uh, into them doing their otherwise tedious task. And they measured their fitness levels afterwards. So they were, you know, running from post to post and da da da. I do a bit of that, which is, which is, you know, making fun of, of the things that I have to do, you know, right. Right. and I do. And, um, and I like to think it keeps me uh, in shape as well. But uh, right. I, that, that, that's never been measured. But, uh, right, right. <laughs> but, but no, as far as getting up early and, and tackling your day and so on, you know what? You get up early, you're doing it on your own terms. Right. And, um, and it's, it, it, it becomes fun. I mean, yeah. really, I mean, yeah. I enjoy it. No. And, and by the way, as well, it also speaks to, you know, that decision about being an entrepreneur or corporate is, is as an entrepreneur, we have to be self-starters to go and say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm excited. I'm goal oriented. I want to start early where in a corporate environment, there's actually someone going to go look to make sure that you are those things. We're here. Will's making sure of that no one else is. And you do. Uh, Yeah. And I don't want to overly distill some of the student works experience, but I will. All right. I learned one of the key things I learned was that uh, being an entrepreneur and running your own business is cool. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's cool. I think it's cool uh, to this day. I think self-sufficiency is cool. Yeah. You know, so if uh, your young leaders uh, leave this podcast thinking that, uh, you know, steering your own ship and uh, running your own business and being an entrepreneur is cool. Mm-hmm. It is cool. I'm, I can tell you, I think it's, I think it's damn cool. Yeah. So uh, student works was actually the first place that I heard that that was cool. Right. You know, right. I, you know, and, and I, and I, and maybe that there's a little secret to that. Right. Awesome. Awesome. And so final question, Will, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? Well, um, I don't know. 
Okay. I, I don't I don't know because the uh, the world's changing very quickly and the business world is changing very quickly. And if you're to ask me anything about 20 years from now or 15 years from now, I'd be lying if I said I knew. Right. Okay. Uh, all I would say is that uh, the leaders of tomorrow should watch out for psychopaths and they should watch out for cyborgs. I think that technology is uh, encroaching at such a level that the individual is getting lost in it. So I, I, I'd really expect your uh, leaders to be wary of that, okay, yeah. and not lose themselves in, uh, you know, in the uh, in the technology and not lose themselves. You know, they're the message, okay. The technology is the medium. Don't yes. confuse the two, okay. Yeah. That's maybe a, a, a heads up. Uh, the other side, the the psychopath thing, um, is a byproduct of this technological world we we live in. And if I were to advise them on why that's important to them, well, running your own business and being an entrepreneur is about, it's an exercise in empathy, okay? Mm -hmm. It's an exercise in exchange of ideas, communication, uh, knowing what the person on the other side of the desk or the other uh, side of the handshake is thinking and um, trying to fill a need that they're presenting to you. If you lose that ability because you're too busy in the technology or you're, you're, you're isolated too much with the screen, then you're not going to be successful. So I, I think it's very important to uh, watch out for those two things. And then as far as, uh, you know, I, who knows what the environment, uh, the business environment is going to be 20 years from now or 15 years from now. I've seen so much change in the last 20 years. Yeah. It's almost unimaginable. I mean, yes. like we're talking about, we're talking about, uh, I mean, we were using, pagers and analog devices and paper and all this uh, when, when we were doing it. And, uh, and uh, now I'm sure it's uh, almost unrecognizable. And I think I expect it to be even further, uh, you know, more unrecognizable 15 to 20 years from now. But uh, yeah. yeah, so I guess stay grounded, stay human and, yeah. uh, and yeah. roll with the punches, remain flexible, get up early and work hard. Really. Yeah. No, I love that. Will. um, you know, and, and you're right for both of us, you know, just the, the, the mass transformation has been fantastic in, in technology. And you're right. The curve is, is, is getting steeper about what's going to happen in the future. But I just love what you have to share is, is ultimately, I think really what's going to make the difference is empathy. And really what is going to make the difference is that human connection and people not getting detached, you know, and, and, you know, if you look at the mistakes some of the tech companies are making is they're losing touch with what their consumers actually want or, or mm -hmm. losing fact that, hold on, these people really care about these things and, oh, I made an error. I, I, I shouldn't have let that information get out or whatever it is. I'm not protecting their privacy enough or, you know, again, I'm losing, you know, empathy with, with the, the, the market that I'm serving. Yeah. And, and all the motivational speakers, when they, when they get up there, what they're talking about is interhuman relationships, really. Yeah, yes. They're talking about uh, skills to live by, maybe some things to avoid. But at the end of it, what they're talking about is how we all get along. Yeah. And the more uh, there are these isolating forces that people are embracing as part of themselves, well, uh, you know, there's a cost to that, and that's empathy. And uh I think if a, a future leader is going to be successful, they're still going to have to be successful with other people, understanding mm -hmm. other people, communicating with other people, and um, they need to practice that and they need to embrace that as their you know guide as opposed to uh, you know some technological uh, crutch. I mean, it, they were always designed as assistance tools, but. Uh, you know, they're, we have to make sure they don't take over. And, and I'm not trying to be, you know, start yes. about this, but I, I do think that embracing the the the, the human uh, that's across from you is is probably your your best route to success. You know, um, some of the old adages that we learned at student works, like surround yourself with good people. Yeah. I mean, they hold true. So, For sure. you know, uh, surround yourself by good people and, and get engaged and, and, and maintain a value on that engagement and uh, they'll do well.
Absolutely. Well, well, thank you so much. I, I'm so appreciative of the time you spent and making a difference with our leaders and, uh, you know, just just really awesome. So uh, so so thank you kindly. And uh, you have a fantastic day and take and thank you for taking time out of your morning, which is yes. so important because um, we started pretty early this morning. Uh, well, I, I, on a student basis, not for us. But yes. uh, but thanks so much. Well, thank you, Chris, for uh, providing me the opportunity um, and for uh, providing me the opportunity to speak to uh, Student Works, and uh, and it, it was a, a tremendous contribution to my business life. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Will, thanks so much. Right. Cheers. Hey, leaders! I hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye now you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.